Welcome to Save the Cowboy. This is Pastor Kevin Weatherby, and I invite you to saddle up and ride with us as we strike a trot to the backside of God's green pastures and learn how to live for Him. Y'all ready? Let's get this party started. Whenever I was, uh, I was working uh, for a prison system and to protect the names of those that shall not be named, I won't say which town this was in, but I was working at a prison, and about, uh, I'd say about an hour and a half away, my brother was going to college, and he asked me one day, he's like, hey man, you want to come over for the weekend? And I had the weekend off. I was like, sure. So I went over there, and and my brother was, you know, 18 years old, and going to college like 18-year-olds do, and so we got there, and and we had a good time, and, and he asked me Saturday night, he was like, hey man, you want to go to this party? I'm like, uh, let me rephrase that. Hey, do you want to go to a social gathering? And, and I said, sure, why not? And so we went to the social gathering, and it was me and my brother and, and his roommate and another friend of ours. So there was four of us at this social gathering, and a lot of people at this social gathering um, were partakeners. There was a lot of partakening going on, and not everybody was old enough to be partakening. And I was about the only one that was old enough to partakeen, and, and I wasn't even partaking because I could see where this train wreck was going. And so I'm just kind of standing over there and everything, and you know, when you get a bunch of uh, 18, 19, 20-year-old cowboys together, they got to show everybody how tough they are, especially whenever they have some partaking in them. And um, so, sure enough, I mean, it was like all this group, and then us four, and my brother's roommate, it was snowing outside, kind of like it was today, it wasn't bad, but it was a little slick. And he had gone outside for some reason, and he was coming back in, and these two twin boys didn't, uh, they didn't think that my brother's roommate thought they were tough enough, I don't guess, so they decided to show him how tough they were, and they drug him off these trailer house steps and commenced to beating the tarnation and the partaking right out of him. It was kind of gross because he, have you ever seen anybody's eyelids split right down the middle? It was pretty nasty, and so he comes in, and he's all bleeding, and we're like, what's going on? And some of them are like, what's going on? But me, I was like worried because I was stone non-partaking. And um, so anyway, I was like, let's go. And so the owner of the house turns to my brother, and he says, Jason, man, would you mind just leaving? We don't want no problems. My brother's like, yeah, no problem. And so I'm like herding butterflies. I'm like, let's get out of here. We're vastly outnumbered. And so I start heading everybody out. And the owner of the house is walking by my brother. And I tell him, I said, you just get to the truck and you get it started and I'll get everybody else out there. I was bringing up the rear. I was riding drag. And so anyway, they were, my brother was going and I was getting everybody else out. And, and I mean, it wasn't but from about here to the wall or something. My brother was ahead of me. And this fellow that was walking with him was walking and in the house, it was like, Jason, do you mind just leaving? We don't want any problems. And it went from that to, I said, you need to get out of here. And, and we're walking towards the truck. And he said, I said, did y'all need to get out of here? And Jason was like, man, we're going. And so anyway, he sees, and the closer we get to the truck, the more mouthy this kid gets. He's like, I said, get out of here. And he pushes my brother in the back. 
Well, I'm standing back there like, oh, no. Mm. I love my little brother. You can say whatever you want to to me. You can do whatever you want to to me. Not to my little brother. And so anyway, I bit my lip, and then he said it again. He was walking, and he's like, I said get the... And he started using bad words to tell Jason to leave. And the whole time, we are steadily moving towards the truck. And finally, I let that one go too. And finally, he let Jason get about two steps ahead of him. And when Jason stepped out into the street, he got behind Jason and just double pushed him right in the back. Jason just went down right in the street. He said, I said get out of here. I could keep my mouth shut no longer. I channeled. Doc Holliday. <laughs> and I looked up and I said, I'm your Huckleberry. <laughs> I'll finish that in just a second. <laughs> Has everybody seen Tombstone? If you haven't, do not raise your hand because you might get lynched. <laughs> we're just going to say right now, if you ain't seen Tombstone... We've got a new deal on SaveTheCowboy.com where you can click on prayer request. You might need to go put a prayer request in over there. We'll pray for you. But in Tombstone, where that famous line comes from, I'm your Huckleberry, here is Wyatt Earp. He's got a showdown with Johnny Ringo, and he knows that there's no way he's going to be able to win this battle. There's no way... But Doc Holliday knows he's got a fighting chance, and I don't think old Doc even cared if he won or not. But as Johnny Ringo, as the time comes, Johnny's waiting on what he thinks is going to be Wyatt to show up. And who shows up but Doc Holliday? Doc Holliday squares off against him and ends up winning. And why does he do it? Not so that he can win. It had nothing to do with Doc. I think he could have cared less. But what he did care for was his buddy, Wyatt Earp. The one man that had always loved him for just who he was. As the movie goes on, we find Doc Holliday lying in a bed. And his good buddy, Wyatt, walking up to the bedside. What was Doc and Wyatt's relationship after the showdown with Johnny Ringo? You know, I think it's amazing, and we can learn a lot from just that small amount of movie clip from a fictional movie. Wyatt went to see Doc. Why do you think Wyatt went to see Doc in the, in the uh, hospital there? He didn't have to, did he? I mean, Doc couldn't leave. Doc was laying there dying of tuberculosis, but Wyatt goes and sees him. They would have been friends even if Wyatt hadn't gone and seen him. But the reason Wyatt went to see Doc in the hospital is he wanted to show Doc that he loved him. He didn't want Doc to just know that he loved him. He made a special effort to go up there every day. They still would have been friends. Doc would have known that Wyatt loved him, but there's something special about going up there to a friend and seeing them face-to-face. Wyatt went to see Doc. The second thing that Wyatt did in, the, in that little clip is they played cards. Now, why would they play cards? Why didn't they just sit there 
not saying anything or maybe small talk about the weather or the drought or cattle prices or anything like that. No, they played cards. Why? Because their friendship had substance and action. They interacted with each other. There was more to their friendship than just sitting there. They were constantly doing things together, and that's how it had been for so long. They kept score. Remember whenever he says, let's see what the score is, and he pulls the, the little deal out of the deal, and he's like, you're up this much, and everything. And so they, they kept score. And I don't think that friends need to keep score, but not to see who won, but to track their progress. Because whenever you do keep score, not to see who's better or worse, but when you do keep score, you can look back at all the hands, and you can see how far you've come. You can measure your progress by keeping score. Wyatt went to see Doc in the hospital. They played cards. And the third thing that Wyatt did was he gave a book called My Friend Doc Holliday. And if you'll remember, whenever Doc looks at the title of this book, a tear runs down his face. Because earlier in the movie, he, he said, Why are you doing this, Doc? And he said, Because Wyatt Earp is my friend. And, and I think it was Turkey Jack Johnson or Creek or Meek or... Deke, whatever his name was. Anyway, he says, Crud, I got lots of friends. And Wyatt says, I, or Doc says, I don't. Wyatt gave Doc a book called My Friend Doc Holiday. Many people turned their back on Doc for who and what he was. And Wyatt's friendship was why Doc did everything that he did for Wyatt. Doc loved Wyatt, and Wyatt loved Doc. Wyatt thought about Doc even when he wasn't with him. How, he didn't write the book whenever he went to the hospital. He gave the book when he went to the hospital. That means that while he was away from Doc, his mind was on him. He was thinking about everything that Doc had done for him. The times in the battles whenever he had stood there. Maybe he didn't fight the battles, but won for Wyatt. But he was in every one of those battles right with him. Never leaving him. Always having his back. Wyatt knew that he owed his life to Doc. How do you repay a debt like that? Can you repay a debt like that? Wyatt knew that he couldn't repay that debt. So he just appreciated and loved Doc because of that sacrifice. What I'm talking about today is a difference between tomb, a tombstone religion and a tombstone Christian life or tombstone Christianity. A tombstone religion seeks to stay away from God because that's what religion does. It keeps us in the, in the manly way. Well, manly, that's not really the word I was looking for. In the human standards, religion keeps us away from God. Think about the Pharisees in the Bible. Jesus got on to them in the seven woes in Matthew chapter 23 when He said, you make it so difficult for people to enter the kingdom of God because they put all these rules on everything. If you want to come to know God, you've got to do this and this and this and this. Religion keeps us away from God. It doesn't draw us closer to Him. A tombstone religion seeks to stay away from God. We've talked about that for six weeks now. We talked about, I ain't going to church because people are hypocrites. That's a, that's a religion. You know, they're not saying that they don't believe in God. They just said, I'm not going to church because people are hypocrites. They say, I don't like organized religion, yet they're, they're performing a religion nonetheless. I ain't going to church to worship God. I can do that right where I'm at. Once again, church is only about money. 
And I don't like what them preachers have to say. And the one that we're going to talk about today. I don't have to go to church because I'm a good person. I never kill no one or anything like that. How many people have thought like that? I know it one, one or two times I think like that all the time. Well, you know, God must love me because I didn't do this and I didn't do this and I didn't do this and I didn't do this. A tombstone religion is a religion of self. It's not about God, it's about you. Think about that. Everything I listed, I ain't going to church because people are hypocrites. I don't like organized religion. I'm not going, I don't have to go to church to worship God. I think that church is just about money. I don't like what that preacher has to say. And I don't have to go to church because I ain't killed nobody. A tombstone religion is a religion of self. It's not about God, it's about you. Everything revolves around what you think. You look at those six things, and what is the common theme? It's what I think. It's what I feel. It's about what I believe. It's all about you. It has nothing to do with God. Tombstone Christianity versus tombstone religion. A religion will keep you away from God, but a true Christian walk will draw you closer and closer to God. Tombstone Christianity finds ways to get closer to God. We need to go to church and see God. We need to show God that we love Him. He doesn't need to just know we love Him. Think about this. And I'm not trying to make a comparison because the comparisons are as far from east as west, but I'm trying to draw you an illustration. What, what, what kind of man would Wyatt be if Doc Ricks, Ricks risked everything to save his life, and Wyatt was like, hey, I appreciate that, buddy. Let's go find that cute brunette. Let's go. No, he didn't do that. He dedicated his life, or at least the rest of Doc's life, to showing him how much he appreciated what Wyatt had done. But do we do the same thing with Jesus Christ? Do we, do, once a week, do we go visit him? Or do we just say, you know what, that old dying on the cross and, and all of that right there, you know what, appreciate that, but I ain't going to go see you anywhere. I don't have the time to show you how much I appreciate you by getting with a bunch of group of cowboys and cowgirls that show their appreciation like I do. Tombstone Christianity finds ways to get closer to God. That's what we're doing whenever we come in here. We're showing God how much we appreciate Him. We're, if you're here for you, you're probably here for the wrong reason. We're not here for us. We're here to show our love and our worship of God for what He did. Just one time a week, we're going to all gather together with cowboys and cowgirls that we believe that feel just like we do, and we're going to say, God, we love you for what you did. And yet, some people, you know, they just say, well, you know, you, you, you ain't got to go to church, ain't no reason for it. Yeah, there is. I ain't saying you're going to hell if you don't go to church. I ain't saying nothing like that. I'm just telling you that we need to. We need to get around a group of people that think like us and love like we do, that share the same ideals, the same passions. We need to play cards with God. What do I mean by that? Your friendship with Jesus needs substance and action. You know, I mean, a lot of people, they just drive by. Hey, God, appreciate that old dying on the cross deal. Just drive by. Does your faith have substance and action? Can you track the progress of your friendship? That's really what I'm going to ask you today. 
Can you track the progress of your friendship with God? Because people say, well, how do you do that? I guarantee you, I have never known... The Bible says that whenever we come to know Christ, that we are a new creation. That the old has fallen away and the new is born. That's a drastic change. And if you don't have a drastic change in your life, you probably just know who God is. You don't have a friendship with Him. And that's not to say that I'm criticizing anybody's belief. But man, if you know God, you know it. And you can mark the progress. Some of that progress is good and some of it's painful. Sometimes you'll lose buddies. Sometimes you'll lose family. Sometimes you'll lose jobs. Doesn't matter. Is following God the most important thing in your life? Go to church and see God. We need to show God that we love Him. He doesn't need to just know that we love Him. Do you have time? To drop by once a week? Can you take one hour out of your busy schedule to pay back the man that stepped in front of Johnny Ringo, known as Satan, so that you could live forever? Do you have time? Maybe we need to write a book in our hearts about our friend Jesus Christ. Many people turn their back on Christ. Are you? Think about that. He came, lived the only perfect life that's ever been lived, and who killed him? The people that were supposed to be loving him are the ones that killed him. Do you think about God often? Can you write a book about him? Do you know him so well that you, that you could write a book about your friendship with God? Or is God just some heavenly obligation to maybe get you where you need to go? We owe our eternal lives to Jesus. We can't repay the debt, so we just show him our appreciation and love because of his sacrifice. We can't replace, I mean, we can't repay the debt on the cross. That's why it's called grace, because it was freely given. And all he asks in return is that we believe in him and that we have a friendship. Can you drop by once a week to show your appreciation with nothing expected in return? Not worried about your bank account, not worried about anything. It just sit, saying, you know what? I appreciate what you've done. I appreciate what you did. And you know what? If two men can, can say it, man, I love you for what you did. Never denied Doc and Wyatt had a love for each other. Do you and God have the same type of love? Would you do anything for him? Because he did everything for you. Tombstone religion keeps us away from God but a tombstone Christianity, a Christian life, a ride with God will bring us closer and closer to Him so that we can mark our progress. Some of you need to take out the piece of paper and start writing down. Maybe it's a book, maybe it's a scorecard or something like that. Not about who wins and who loses, but just to track the progress. Are you making progress today? I channeled Doc Holliday. With the old hat worn like my wife likes it worn. <laughs> Easy, babe. Stay there for just a second. Stand back, girls. I'm all hers. I stood there and I channeled Doc Holliday. And I was like, hey, I'm your huckleberry. I didn't actually say I'm your huckleberry, but what I meant was the same deal. I said, why don't you come try to push me like that? And this kid about my size turns around and he says, all right, 
I was going through move number 28, 29, and 62 of the Cowboy Kung Fu Handbook, and I was fixing to lay some whoop all over this kid for touching my brother. I already had planned out about nine ninja moves and three that they had never even seen before. So I got ready, like ninjas do. That actually works. That's not just in the movies. So I squared off against this guy, and I mean, it was like high noon, but it was midnight. And we was walking towards each other. And when we got about as far from me to that camera right there, that's the last thing I remember. I ain't joking. Because what had happened is whenever I started sticking up for my brother, this kid's big friend decided to stick up for him. Well, when you're outnumbered, nobody warns you when the steer wrestler, about 9 feet 12, 632 ABCD pounds wide, comes at a dead run, and I never saw him, and he hit me right below the right ear and just laid me out. The next thing I know, I am being kicked to death by some boots, pointy boots at that. This was before all these square-toed stuff. Or, actually, square-toes are a lot older, but now I'm showing my age. What are you, what are you nodding for, Mike? You're showing your age, too. Anyway, he was a-kicking me and everything like that and just wearing me out. I ain't never been beat up so bad in my entire life. And finally, I kind of come to, and I was on my hands and knees, and I look up, and I, don't even, I still don't know what the fellow looks like today. I just know that he was big. I was on my hands and knees, and I was looking at his shin. And I saw, he was like Raphael Septien of the Dallas Cowboys. He was fixing to head, headbutt me. He was fixing to put his foot right in my face. And so I'm sitting there looking, and he's going to kick with his right leg, and finally I come to, and my ninja skills took over. And whenever he kicked at me, I dodged like this, and then I reached out and I grabbed his left leg. Now, when your right leg is this way, and somebody pulls your left leg that way, something happens. <laughs> I'll dodge like that. I mean, it was like the Matrix. It's awesome. Wish y'all could have been there. Maybe I wouldn't have got my butt kicked so bad. And so anyway, I reached out, I grabbed his deal, and I jerked it out, and he sounded like, Hurk. he hit the gun, and I jumped on top of him, and they broke it up. Let me ask you a question. You getting the crap kicked out of you in your life right now? Is that what it feels like? Do you feel like you're one person against the world? Do you feel like the people closest to you are in no condition to help you? Do you feel like Nobody's even there to help you. Get to know Jesus. He's already defeated Satan. He done squared off against him and beat him. Jesus wants to be your part. Because you know what? Jesus is your huckleberry. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. This program was brought to you by Western LLC, facility development for the oil and gas and aviation industries across the western United States. Reach them at westernllc.net. Also by the good folks at Integrity Auto Repair in Kiowa, Colorado, and Comanche Creek Enterprises. Contact them today for no-till drilling and burrowing rodent control. In a nation full of mega churches and celebrity preachers, there's one thing that remains pure, the good news of Jesus Christ. It's not that churches shouldn't be big and preachers shouldn't be popular, but for sure cowboys are needed to spread the gospel and gather the strays. 
They have the courage, honesty, respect, integrity, strength, and the truth. When you put those together, that's Christ. Help us reach more cowboys and cowgirls who will spread Christ to the nation. Make your donation today at SaveTheCowboy.com.